0: Disillusioned at the time, mainly because there wasn't anything much to be disillusioned about, except for their realization that sitcoms weren't real. Dave had cast himself as the master of ceremonies for a wacky circus of eccentric guests, cutting edge comedy, and stupid pet tricks, but he especially enjoyed showcasing the occasional ham headed staff member in comedy bits that were uncomfortable and humiliating. Dave and his audience took perverse pleasure in watching these novice entertainers squirm and stumble their way through inept performances. Yet, ironically, some of these neophytes were beginning to garner followings of their own. Tonight, in fact... Dave would surrender the spotlight to one especially ham-headed young staff member, a certain bald, bearded 'er ne'er-do-well from the tough neighborhoods of the posh Upper East Side whose special brand of ineptness was about to launch him into a career more uncomfortable and humiliating than anything in his wildest dreams. Stage manager Biff Henderson strolled into the studio looking slightly skittish. He was shaking off another play-coup flashback this one involving a bamboo cage, Russian roulette, and the capuchin monkeys that he claimed held him captive for ten years in Nam. He raised his hand and began to count down. Five, four, three, two, one. Paul Schaefer hit the first chords of the opening theme and the crowd went crazy. You could barely hear Wendell announce, It's Late Night with David Letterman! Tonight, Dave's guests include Brother Theodore, comedian Gary Mule Deer, Dr. Ruth Westheimer, money guru Matthew Leskow, and curator of the Tissue Paper Museum, plus Stupid Petrix, Elevator Races, and a new running character starring our own, Chris Elliot. At that moment, something unusual, perhaps even magical, happened. In response to hearing Elliot's name, the audience exploded with yelps and screams, and one woman fainted straight away. Then the crowd went positively berserk. The bleachers shook, and the catwalk above rattled so violently that one of the obese grips lost his balance and fell 40 feet to his death, killing another obese grip who was standing below him. Their names have been lost to history, but who cares? They were obese. And although it turned out later that this was all just because some nutcase had let his pet squirrel loose in the audience, at the time, it seemed that the words Chris Elliott had suddenly acquired star power. Backstage, the writers and producers who were gathered around the monitor pricked up their ears and exchanged baffled looks. In terms of hierarchy, 21-year-old Elliot was a low man on the totem pole, to say the least, and also not the swiftest mop in the mudroom. Up in the offices, he was just a guy Friday, spending most of his time running numbers, hitting on chicks, and pissing in the coffee maker. He'd been on the show several times before, once as a talking pile of garbage, and he even had a few underdog-loving fans of his own, including this one priest who kept calling NBC to offer his services as an exorcist. But at this point, honestly, Dave's desk was getting more fan mail. Letterman, slightly baffled, made his entrance and shot off a couple of winners about canned hams and after-dinner mints, and then sat down and proceeded with the show. Everything went as planned, The audience responded warmly, if a tad moderately, to the grab bag of off-the-wall guests and stunt comedy, until it came time for Elliot's appearance. Reading from one of his ubiquitous blue cards, Dave said, ''Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the first episode of a new running character starring our own.'' Suddenly it happened again. The audience went absolutely insane, and a woman in the back screamed, ''I think it ran up my leg.'' ''Seriously?'' Dave muttered to himself. ''For that chucklehead?'' The hell with this. Let's just bring him out. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the guy into the seats. Below the bleachers, only Elliot was oblivious to the mayhem above. He was in the midst of attempting another knee-knocker, his nickname for stand-up sex, which he regularly indulged in before any appearance on the show, even if no one was handy to do it with him. He was superstitious that way, and the show was so popular that there was usually some faceless groupie or nameless industry girl or especially attractive mophead hanging around backstage who was more than happy to oblige him in the hopes of getting an official late-night collapsible cup or facial blotter or just the chance to meet Dave's desk. "'Please welcome the guy into the seats,' Dave repeated, now visibly competing with the crowd's deafening squeals." Biff Henderson ran under the bleachers. That's your cue, he shouted. Don't you hear the audience? They're going crazy for you. Now get out there. That's your cue, damn it. He yanked Elliot off the groupie, whom he immediately recognized. Oh, excuse me, he said. What in hell is a facial blotter? Asked Dr. Ruth Westheimer, steadying herself on wobbly legs. She may have been a bit confused, but she would have been totally satisfied had Biff not interrupted. Elliot snapped at Biff. How dare you?